DC chillin', PG chillin', my name Wale and I came to get it, came to get it, came to get it, my name Wale, shit. All Things Sports Podcast, what up, what up, what up, season three, episode seven, got some of the boys on today, what's going on boys, how we doing? Doing well. Big pod coming up. A lot, lot of sports to talk about. Yeah, we haven't ran one of these all together in a minute. We had a pretty heated podcast last time we were all on together. Good vibes, though. So without further ado, let's jump right in. And I promise it won't just be a Super Bowl preview and talk about the Eagles and Chiefs. We are going to cover a lot. We're going to cover everything that's really happening in the sports world. So... Before I jump into college basketball, I want to talk Kyrie Irving. Um, Obviously, it shook the sports world recently. It happened quickly. A lot of people thought he was a lock for the Lakers. He ended up a Dallas Maverick. And the trade, you know, I thought it was a great deal. Seeing other packages that the um, Suns offered and the Lake, even the Lakers offered, I thought were a little bit better. So, you know, what do we think? How do we think Kyrie's going to fit right in with Luca? I mean, that's a crazy duo, but what's like the overall thought process of Kyrie to Dallas and just like everything that happened? For the Nets, I love it for them. They get rid of a part-time player who's getting paid ridiculously, but I I don't quite understand what the Mavs were trying to do. I mean, I think that this kind of solidifies them as, you know, a top threat in the West, but I don't think that it quite pushes them over the boundary of like being legit contenders. I don't, I don't quite get them trading away some starters and first round picks with Lucas contract expiring. I know that they want to show to him like, Hey, we're committed to you and we can win, but I don't see how a part-time player who wants to play when he does and doesn't want to play when he doesn't is going to help them win. I don't think there's a single situation where Kyrie Irving would be content. He played with LeBron and won a championship, and he decided he wanted to go be the guy elsewhere. And he gets paired up with KD and James Harden, and that that doesn't do for him. They make a trade. Ben Simmons, they get rid of Harden, giving Kyrie the ball more. Still not happy, and now he's playing with Luka. I mean, if this guy was on the, the NBA All-Star team as an actual NBA team, I'm sure he'd be unhappy in some different way, but... Yeah, I mean, yeah. this guy's a he's a cancer to every locker room. If I'm a GM, I am getting anyone other than Kyrie Irving on my team. It's just it's a big salary hit. The guy hasn't won since LeBron, and he's always making headlines for anything but basketball. I mean, he he acts like he's 16 years old. He's he's like in his AAU days still. It's also like very interesting. Like Mark Cuban has literally repeatedly throughout Luca's career, just not signed these big name free agents. And all of a sudden he decides to trade a valuable starter in Spencer Dinwiddie, future first round picks. They also send, I believe, Din, uh, Finney Smith, who's another key role player for the Mavs. I mean, they gave up a ton to get him for a guy that, like Jack said, is completely questionable with his off the field problem on the court, off the court problems and off the, off the court problems. I mean, it's just, it's such a gamble. And yes, the talent in Kyrie is amazing. And I think there's no doubt about it that him and Luca could thrive in the league tremendously, 
but he is just such a wild card and you never know what you're getting from him. And it just, it really surprised me from Cuban with how he was in the past. I mean, I don't think this is exactly Cuban's doing. I saw there was a clip around of him, like his reaction to the trade going down, but hypothetically speaking, even if Kyrie was, you know, fully available and like none of their, his shenanigans happened. I, I still don't think just the two of them with that depth is like even close enough to actually competing or being a legit contender. Disagree. So I'm going to hop in here. I, I, uh, I, 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 I was going to uh, go ahead. I think this is actually one of the years that they can be contenders. I think the West is so weak um, this year, as we talked about last podcast. Yes, Kyrie's a cancer. Obviously, I don't like him. Nobody really likes him also because all the off-court uh, shenanigans he brings to the table. But whether you like it or not, the dude can ball. The dude is one of the most talented players that we've ever seen play basketball. And it, when you add him with Luca, who's obviously a generational talent, those two together are extremely scary, and they are most definitely contenders. Um, especially this year with the, with the West. Like I said, the West is so weak. Um, Kyrie and Luca together, <laughs> when when Kyrie plays, is is extremely dangerous. And the NBA should be worried. Yeah, he's a rental though. He's going to leave after this season. Go to LA. They're they're talking game. about signing him long term though. Yeah, let's see if that happens. Just yeah, like, but long term for Kyrie, long-term. probably two games healthy one year. Like he doesn't ever play when he, he's just a cancer. But like when he's there. He's, but they he's want to give. I, I saw an article today that they're talking about giving him the max extension. They want to give him the max. Does he want that from them? He doesn't know what he wants. We'll There's probably out. a clause yeah. like you have to play over eighty percent of games or something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I want to go back to what Matt said because, like, I think there is something to be said. Like Luca and Kyrie on the court, like that's that's fucking dangerous, and like you have to put them in the in the category of contenders. I think. I mean, those are two arguably the best two guards in the whole league. Kyrie's averaging 27 on the year. Like, he's still balling. It's just you never know if he wants to play or not. So I still – I'm not besides buying that. I, yeah. I, think, I think both of them with their – I mean, those are two of the best one-on-one scorers in the league. So no matter how you look at it, they're going to be fine offensively. But defensively, I don't know who this team is going to match up against. They've got no paint presence. They lost Finney Smith, who was probably their best defender on that team. Luca, I mean, he's slower than me. I don't think he could defend anyone. And Kyrie, I mean, wastes all his energy on the offensive end. And, I mean, who knows? Even if they're up 3-0 in a series, Kyrie could wake up on the wrong side of the bed one day and decide to go play Quidditch or something. I mean, you never know with this guy. And there's just – there's no depth on this team either. I'm not buying them coming out of the West. Yeah, I mean, also, like, there's teams like the Warriors and Suns that, like, they're going to come around. Like, those teams, like, I think at this point, the NBA has kind of come to the realization that the regular season is just not meaningful. I mean, these players just show up whenever the fuck they want. And a lot of these guys are just resting because they know as long as the Warriors and Suns are going to get into the playoffs, those teams, no matter what seed they are, they're going to be contenders. And, yes, you could say the West is weak if you consider those teams – weak contenders and I think they're still like you can't count teams like that out I'm not saying weak or counting them out I just said that I think the NBA compared to other years that this is a year that anybody can really go and I'm not saying that Mavs are a lock by any means to go win the West I'm just saying that they can definitely contend for it 100% what of course yeah, yeah someone I don't know who said it but someone said they're not even going to contend I don't know if somebody said that how are they not a contender I, I think Brandon might have said that that was me I, there, yeah, I there's said no that. I don't you could give them a hundred like best of seven series against like Denver 
and the Warriors like come playoff time, they're not winning more than like six or seven of those series. Like so wrong. Just yeah, I think wrong. I love Denver. I think Denver's so, good. I think that's Denver's a good. crazy duo. Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. As much as I hate Kyrie, that's a crazy really crazy duo. I and think Christian they're gonna, coming back. Tim Hardaway's Jokic great. Like, they have guys. Who's going to guard Nikola Jokic on that? That's a different argument. I'm just saying like, that the who's that they can guard Luka and Kyrie. It's like the same. You can say the same thing. So I don't know, but interesting. We'll see how that goes. Um, one more thing. I mean, cut you off about Kyrie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that that stat of the Nets having Harden, Kyrie, and um, KD together. What was it one playoff game they won together? Those one three? playoff series. Okay, so that's what I'm saying. Like that's like all this talk we, me and you were saying, Ginger, about um, Kyrie and Luca is great, but like. I don't know. You might even play. That's what I'm saying. It's an odd thing to play or very. I odd. think they played like ten games all year, all their whole time, and it was yeah, like two and a half years. So crazy. Like, think about those three together winning one playoff. It's kind of nuts, but whatever. I said about that. In well, there. they never, they never all played together. So yeah, that was probably the, chance. yeah, that was probably the only series they ever played together. No, I think they played together at least two of them at some point. That was the only. Yeah, at series least two of them, not all three of them. Okay, that was the only series they all played together. Still embarrassing with those with that talent, but that doesn't mean anything. Like, were they one and oh? All right, well, I let's let's touch back on NBA later on. Um, want to talk college basketball? I think college basketball has been a very fun watch this year. Um, it's just interesting because, like, being a Maryland fan, I hate to make this about Maryland, but I just want to touch on it real quick. Like, it's just been the most up and down season I, I've ever seen. We were so good. We were so bad. Now we're just like solid again. And I feel like a lot of teams are like that. So, you know, just like to talk about our favorite teams to watch so far, like without saying like, you know, Purdue or Houston or Bama, like whatever. What's everyone's team that they just really enjoyed watching this year? You know, who's a really fun team to watch this year is St. Mary's gals. Those guys, I mean, they're full of fucking white shooters. They're probably right now – I'd honestly not count them out from a two-seed right now. They just beat a very talented Gonzaga team. And you can say what you want about Gonzaga, that they're having a down year. But that team is – I think they're 21-4 and four on the year. And they're ranked, I think, seventh in Ken Palm. They're, I mean, they're they're just balling. They're, I, I don't even think they've lost in conference this year. They're, they're just – they're a team that come March – I would not want to play that team. And I think they're going to have a high seed. And I honestly, like, I don't know if they're considered a sleeper, but that's a team that could be dangerous. And you could definitely find them in the second weekend. I think the teams that I like happen to each be in the Big 12. I think the Big 12 is becoming what the SEC is for football. I think the Big 12 is coming for basketball. They're hands down the best conference over the last few years. Um, I mean, Iowa State is has been my favorite team to watch this year. They've got multiple playmakers. They can defend the hell out of the basketball. Obviously, Kansas is in a position to be right back in the Final Four. And I really like Kansas State. Kansas State has probably the most fun backcourt to watch with Noel or Norrell, whatever the hell his name is, the little guard. They can get up and down, score the ball. Same with TCU. That conference is so fun to watch, but I, I've said it for the last month or so. Iowa State is my pick to win it all this year. I think they're the most complete team in that conference, and they're just they're fun to watch the way they score the ball. 
Yeah. I'm surprised I'm surprised you didn't even mention Texas. I mean, Texas That's is probably the best in the Big 12 right now. I mean, they have amazing guard play between mm-hmm. Marcus Carr, I think it, that guy's name like Serge or Serge Michael. Uh, or Serge Abari. Serge Abari yeah. Rice, I right? Love him. He, he's a transfer too. Where did where did he come from again? I forget where he came from. He tried I think it was like New Mexico State, something like that. No idea. But They've got a solid front court too, a lot of depth on that team. They play I mean, look, you want to Kansas's performance last night was something else. I will say that because that Texas team is no joke. That's another team that I'd be really scared for. I mean, there's the Big 12 like you said, that's just a lethal conference. They're year. unreal. They are. But I just wanted to talk about the Big 10 for a second cuz I do think it is a little interesting this year. I know a lot of the teams aren't great, but We've seen Indiana. We've seen them. Mm-hmm. We saw them beat Purdue. Trace has been unbelievable. I mean, he's literally averaging almost 20 and 11, I'm pretty sure. He's been great. I think the Hoosiers could definitely make a run. But it's all so competitive. Rutgers has been a great team. They're playing right now. They actually look pretty good right now. Um, obviously, we just talked about Indiana. But, like, I don't know. Like, it's going to be really – it sticks out to me, even though people can say it's like men and they're all just like kind of in the same boat, like Illinois, Northwestern, all those teams are all like seven and five, six and six, whatever it may be. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see who comes out of that, who makes the tournament. Um, but I'm really impressed with Indiana. I know they just lost to Maryland, shout out the Terps, but they beat Purdue. They've won a lot recently and they look like a complete tournament team. Headline by Trace Jackson Davis. So here's the thing about the Big Ten, and I want to hear what you guys think. This year, year in, year out, like they put out the most teams in the tournament. They always get they always get the most shit for like doing this. My whole thing about this is I think a lot of it is because the conference is so competitive that these teams are just beating the hell out of each other every single night. You go into other conferences like the SEC, where there's a lot of top heavy teams. And then there's a lot of teams like Georgia and Mississippi and these teams that just aren't basketball teams. You can't take a night off in the Big Ten. Like that conference, anyone can win really? on any given night. And it just proves that these teams are all really, really good teams, but they have to show up every single night. So come tournament time in March, they're just beating the shreds and they're not ready to play. Yeah. Like, That's just my about They're like, all the same it. level. Aside from, like, obviously, like, Purdue, I would have Purdue and Indiana and even Rutgers, like, maybe ahead. But, like, Illinois, Northwestern, Maryland, Iowa, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Wisconsin, like, those teams are, in my opinion, all the same level. They all no, those, those are – They're all – they have pretty similar record, records. Sorry, I can't speak. But, yeah, totally agree with that. That's why I think it's, like, a, it's a dogfight, but I, I kind of like that. I'm intrigued by it. Um, It's all just going to come down to, like, the big-time tournament and, like, I mean, right right now, like, there's an argument for nine to ten teams in the Big Ten to make the tournament. And, like, it just shows the conference is so damn competitive. Like, Michigan – I think Michigan's probably, like, a bottom three team in the conference. And, like, if Michigan's an SEC school, I think they're probably getting a bid. Like, I just think this conference is so loaded across the board and they're just playing such competitive basketball night in, night out. No team's going to stand out because they're all just a bunch of very good teams. I, I like what you guys are saying about having, like, the fact that it's very – it's not top-heavy and it's very even. But at the same time, I look at the Big Ten, and I see one 
maybe two, maybe Indiana as a Final Four contender. I mean, Rutgers is good, but they they would not last in the Big Twelve. They are not um, by any means an offensive super uh, firepower team. Um, Maryland, I've watched a lot this season. They are very mediocre. There's a lot of holes on that team. Can't score the ball. I mean, all these teams in the Big Ten are just mediocre. I mean, nothing stands out at you. There, there's no star power on any of these teams. Mediocre, but they play very good defense. Like, I'm with the defense, but you got to score to win, though. Don't don't get me wrong. They're gonna they're gonna have a lot of bids, but they're also gonna maybe have one Final Four team. And I I just don't. I don't see, you know, I don't see any elite team in that conference besides Purdue. Indiana, like, they're going to go as far as Trace takes them. But if Rutgers is the third best team in that conference, I mean, Rutgers is not scaring anyone in March. I can promise you that. I'm with Jack on this. I feel like the the Big Ten sort of like the Dallas Cowboys of football. Like, every yep. for the past decade or so, they've been, you know, seven, eight, nine bid league and they never failed to disappoint. This is our year. It's every year. It's just like the see, I See, I go back to the fact of my point earlier that these teams never have a night off. Like, you go in these other conferences, like, yeah, you say what you want about the Big 12, but there's really five teams that stand out. And then you have a lot of terrible teams in that conference that they can go and just, like, have an off night because they don't have to I – mean, they, they can play a decent game and still get the win. In the Big Ten, you really can't say that. The only bad team in that conference, I'd say, is Minnesota. And even Nebraska. Like, Nebraska is a team that's still going to compete with a lot of teams. Well, Minnesota, just, Penn State. Penn State's another good team. They're a bubble team to make the tournament. They're good. Iron Sharp and Iron. A bubble team is not, like, a good team. They're, like, an average team, I'd say. Like, a, maybe a slightly above average. Yes, but they're still – a bubble team to make the tournament, you're saying they're one of the worst in the conference. Like, I'm just saying there's all these good teams in the conference and a lot of these other conferences, like like the SEC, like the Big 12, like the Big East, they have a lot of solid teams at the top, but then you go to the bottom of the list and it's like, yeah, these teams are going to get wins because they have every other night a guaranteed win being like a 20-point favorite. You yeah, can't no, say I, that in the Big 10. No, there's definitely – it's a competitive conference and it's fun to watch – the Big Ten teams beat up on each other. But at the same time, none of these teams jump off the charts. Like, none of these teams are being talked about as contenders, and rightfully so. I mean, you look at it, Iowa and Maryland are in third and fourth place. And I I wouldn't – either of those teams – I'm not saying it's going to happen, but either of those teams could go on a big losing streak and miss the tournament entirely. I agree with what you're saying. Maryland, offensively at times, if those threes are not falling, they are – absolutely horrific on offense. I mean, if Maryland wins more than one game this tournament, I'll be shocked. This team, I'm telling you, Maryland, not to sugarcoat it, Maryland is awful this year. I'm shocked that they are 16-7 and or whatever they are right now. I don't disagree, but we are not a horrible team. We're great at home. I think we're terrible on the road, but we have some good wins. I get what you're saying about the shooting, but when like we've looked bad in a lot of games and we looked we've looked really bad like especially against Michigan but I still think we play good defense I think we're well coached and I think we have a solid rotation and guys are starting to get minutes off like I like like Pat for example is playing very good 
uh, defense, and he's just filling his role right off the bench. And I don't think it, I don't think we're that terrible, but I don't disagree with you. I don't fully agree with you. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't, think, I, don't think any, I don't think anyone was saying Maryland was a contender by yeah, any means, but no. they're they're like a, they're going to be like an eight or nine seed, get in the tournament. If they get to the second weekend, that's like a plus for them. So, I mean, we if weren't saying that. That's a plus. No, if they got to the second weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. They're probably, sure. probably won't make it. I mean, we'll see. I but I mean, you look at the Big Ten at the start of the year, and like a lot of these teams had some impressive out of conference wins. I mean, you look at a team like Michigan State, who beat Kentucky, who played a close game with Gonzaga, who also beat. Looking at it right now, Oregon. I mean, a lot of these, and then even Wisconsin at the start of the year, who's now falling off a cliff, played well at the start of the year. I think it's a tribute to the conference. I, I mean, I'm telling you, this Big Ten conference, say what you want about it, it's tough to win in the Big Ten. Agreed. Z, you got any any insight? I mean, I, you guys pretty much covered everything. There's not much more you can say. <laughs> bail, uh, bail to the one over. I bail, bail to the one over. Oh. You can cut me off at any points, Lad. No, 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 absolutely not. You did some great points. I agree with some of those points. I just you pretty much said it all. I will say this: it is fun to see so much like representation in the rankings as of now. I think like every Power Five conference, and then you know you have the Big East and these other conferences like St. Mary's and Gonzaga both ranked. So it's just fun to see how many like good teams there really are. Agreed. Any other dark courses from you guys to win this year? Any other dark courses? Miami. Dark horses. I love Miami. Why Miami? I'm curious. I don't know. They're just hot right now. I don't I don't know if they can be legit contenders with some of these like much larger and like bigger and older schools, but they've been playing super well recently. Beat Clemson at Clemson, just beat Duke at home by like 20. And then lost to Duke on the road by like I think it was only two points. So they're just hot right now. You know, who's another team who I, I want to hear what you guys think about this team is Creighton. I think Creighton could be another team that kind of gets in at like an eight seed and like it's a team that really no one wants to play. I mean, they have that huge white dude at the bottom, and then they got Memhard's brother, bunch of shooters on the outside. That's a team that, like, a lot of people had high expectations for. They've kind of, like, hit a midseason wall, and then now they're starting to play a lot of good basketball again. That's a team that could be sneaky and fly under the radar in the tournament and get to the second weekend. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Big East is always good. I think that, yeah, Creighton's been hot recently, too. Uh, I can definitely see them. I think they have a very solid roster just overall, or starting five at least. So I could definitely see them getting to the second weekend. Pretty well, sure this that team guy, has been. What are you go, Ginger? I was gonna say I'm pretty sure. Uh, well, I, I watched that Villanova Creighton game and um, Trey Alexander had like a thirty piece. I'm pretty sure. So I agree. I'm impressed. Big East Villanova's is really weird. Yeah, I was gonna say Villanova's another team that just like you don't even know what to say. The post Jay Wright era has just been brutal for them. Yeah, <laughs> it's just miserable. I think they're a complete yeah. disaster. I was going to say a crazy dark horse, which this team, honestly, as it stands right now, probably wouldn't even make a tournament. But it's looking just like last year. This UNC team. I was just going to bring that up. They're not good. But the only guy they lost was 
the fucking goat, the best shooter I've ever seen. Um, but at the same time, like, like they have all the same guys. They have Caleb Love. They've they've got Baycott coming back. Like, and they've started out awful. They've played terrible all year, just like last year. No one talked about them. Then they got hot in March and February. They've got all these guys who can score one on one. They score in boatloads, but and Baycott's probably the best rebounder in the country. I mean, why not? If they get if they sneak in at like an eleven or twelve seed, why not? Why couldn't they win a few games? Like I would not want to play them they're in losing March. Every game. Like, oh losing. no, they they suck right now. I'm just saying. And they're down twenty two last week for it. Like I, I see what you're saying, but the like, same I think team this and they did the same thing last year. They were awful all year. And if someone said this what I'm saying at this point last year, you would have had the same reaction. But then they woke up and got hot. And it's like, why can't they do it again? They were playing at such a high level, and it's almost the identical team. And everyone's counting them out again. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, again, they might not even make the tournament. They wouldn't as the stands right now. But I wouldn't be surprised if they snuck in there and won a game or two. They're not helping their case right now against Wake Forest. I can I tell you that. Big. They may not make right now, I saw. Make it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, Jack, but also doing that two we know this, but doing that two years in a row is also like crazy. <laughs> so I don't know. But yeah, like they were the undisputed number one team coming into this year and they've just completely crumbled. I, I don't understand it. And it, like Caleb is still balling, like Baker, like they're still putting up numbers, they're just not winning these games. So weird, bizarre. Any last thoughts on college Bebo before we switch over? Five weeks till Selection Sunday. Actually, a little less. Can't wait. Yeah. A lot of, lot of this last month will be pretty hype. These next upcoming like six, seven, eight weeks are the the best in sports. They sure. Yeah, are. there really isn't I'm anything not. better. They sure are. Okay, just what we all were waiting for: Super Bowl this Sunday. Philadelphia Eagles play the Kansas City Chiefs in Arizona. This Super Bowl, I'm beyond excited for. I think these are the two best teams in the National Football League. Just like I can hear the excitement in your voice right now. What? I can hear the excitement in your voice. Shut the fuck up. Um, and I think it's going to be fantastic game. Um, the spread is at one and a half Philly. I think Mahomes being an underdog is crazy. I understand it and agree with it, but a lot of storylines coming into this Sunday. Um. Let's just talk about it. We know these two teams very well. Um, what do we think is going to happen on both ends, both teams? We should probably just let Jack start to get it out. I was going to say, Ferone, what are we feeling, bro? How how we how we doing this week? I mean, I'll tell you what. If the if the Chiefs can win this game. I mean, it just solidifies Patrick Mahomes as, I think, the best quarterback of all time. Obviously, his career is not like Brady, but if you look at these rosters, I mean, the Eagles really are better at every possible area besides quarterback and tight end. I mean, there is not – Junior, you made a reaction. I would love to hear what position the Chiefs have an advantage over the Eagles in besides QB and tight end. None. Oh, I thought you were making a face. But, the, I mean – Andy Reid and Mahomes are going to have to come in with a game plan to to run clock and just eat up time and possession. And Mahomes has to be 
perfect. I mean, the only things, the only question marks for the Eagles is you can't really blitz Mahomes. So if for some reason our pass rush is not getting pressure and Mahomes has time to sit back and pick apart our zone, Mahomes is going to put up points. If we don't get to him with that four-man pass rush, they're going to put up a lot of points. But this might be the best four-man pass rush in NFL history. They're they're breaking records with sacks. But the only way I see the Chiefs winning this game is they have to turn the Eagles over. In our one loss with Jalen Hurts, I think we had four turnovers against the Commanders. And if you look at any weak spot in this game, it's all of our skill position players are 25 or younger for the most part. You got Jalen Hurts, he's 24, he's never been here before. Goddard, A.J. Brown, Devontae, Quez, Miles, Gainwell. Every single one of these guys has never been in this moment, and they're young. So maybe they make some mistakes and turn it over. But if the Eagles take care of the ball and get to Mahomes, which I think they will, I mean, this this one could get out of hand. I don't think it's going to get out of hand. Um Eagles are definitely a better team, just like we talked about last week. Uh, I still believe that the only way the Chiefs really win is if Mahomes has an insane game, which could easily happen. Um, but, yeah, you nailed it for the most part. Um, the Eagles, most of them, some of them, a lot of the people in defense have been here before. None of the offense has really been here before, so I think experience could play a factor. I think Mahomes is – he knows what he's doing. He's a winner. Um, but yeah, just like you were talking about that pass rush and everything you were saying is correct, but I do not think this is going to get out of hand. Um, Andy Reed is a huge factor that has not really been spoken about right now. And I think when you talk about positional advantages, that is a huge one. That might be the biggest one aside from quarterback. Andy Reed is someone to be afraid of, especially because he knows the Eagles pretty damn well. But yeah, just like you said, like they are so talented on both ends. The offensive line is undisputed number one. The defensive line is secondary, starting to play well. Even the linebacker, like everything about the Eagles, they're fantastic. But this is the best player in football that they're playing, the best head coach in football that they're playing. It's going to be a dogfight no matter what. And you know, yes, I think the only way the Chiefs win is by Mahomes having a crazy game, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. Any means. So, yes, it's Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes. Obviously, that's like the given. Everybody knows that. But the Eagles, I mean, the Chiefs defense has not seen an offense like this at any point of the season. Um, they are obviously insane up front. So it's going to be a big, uh, you know, a big thing for the Chiefs defense to try to limit the Eagles from controlling the uh, line of scrimmage. I mean, their Eagles offensive line is insane. So the longer the Eagles are on offense, controlling the run game, controlling the clock, Mahomes off the field, they have so much of a better chance of winning. Um, obviously, Mahomes has to play well for them to win. Like, that's, that's, that's a given. I think the Chiefs defense has to step up more than ever. I think that they need to limit the Eagles from running the clock down and leave Mahomes on, his, on the sideline, just getting his bench warm uh, for Mahomes. I think the Chiefs defense has to step up big time, and I think they will. And uh, we'll get into the picks after, but that's another thing. This makes a good point about because the Chiefs' defense is going to have to slow down the Eagles at some point. Which, I mean, no one's really been able to slow down this offense. It's the defense, but the yeah. thing is, the Eagles, the Eagles have seen the highest rate of man-to-man coverage, and it's because teams have no other choice than to stack the box and take away that run. Because if you can't stop the Eagles from running the ball, 
there's just no possible way to limit what they can do on offense. But the, the Chiefs have four starters in the secondary that are all rookies. Um, they might get uh, Sneed back, their number one corner. I think he's out of concussion protocol, which would be a big help. But mm-hmm. with four rookies in that secondary, and you're leaving them one-on-one saying, hey, take care of A.J. Brown, take care of Devontae Smith. When these guys have let up, I think, the third most yards to receivers all, all year, I think what the Chiefs are going to have to do is their first priority is going to be to take away the run. And then I think Jalen just airs it out. And I think A.J. Brown's going to have a big game. I think Devontae will have a big game. And Jalen Hurts will ultimately win MVP because of his best passing performance of the playoffs. That's what I'm going to say, though. I mean, I if I'm Andy Reid, I'm not the coach, but if I'm Andy Reid, I would 100% focus on stopping the Eagles' run and letting them lose. I mean, the Chiefs are going to lose. I'd be happy with the loss of just letting it happen on Hurts. Like, let it, let Hurts air it out. Because I think the Chiefs, it's, I mean, I can't even say that. They have to stop the run. The longer the Eagles are on the field, running that clock, go tick, 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 and Mahomes on the sideline, the Chiefs are fucked. They have to stop the run in this game. Yeah, and that's the thing about the running game. You saw with the Niners, there was like three or four plays where Jalen Hurts simply handed the ball off, but because of his threat to run, you saw Fred Warner and Greenlaw time and time again frozen in their tracks because they're not even their their first priority isn't even the running back. They're worried about Jalen. So then Miles yeah. Sanders has a hole the size you could drive a truck through because Crazy. that linebacker mm-hmm. stays outside waiting for Jalen. And it's just like you add that element to already the best O line in football. I mean, this if the Eagles win this game, there's gonna be talks that this could be the best team of the decade or, or we can get in that argument later, but this team is – what they're doing right now is is unheard of. They're going to score. We know they're going to score. It's just the Chiefs have to – they have to – the match with Mahomes. But let's hear it. Let's hear Balaam. What do you guys think? I think that's not the wrong. That's my big thing. Yeah, the, the only other thing that I was going to point out, which I don't think anyone's really talking about, is I think the story of this entire football game is the, the battle of the lines. I mean, it's all going to start on – that Chiefs D-line, if they can do what they did to Joe Burrow and really get pressure on Jalen, that's not going to be a cakewalk for the Eagles to really get the pass game going. So I think that's the story of this game. Yes, that Eagles O-line has obviously been amazing and probably the best in the league. So I think the key to this game for the Chiefs to win is that Chiefs D-line really getting pressure on Jalen and stopping the run right away. Yeah, I don't think they'll be getting pressure. The, the Niners couldn't get pressure on Jalen, and they're, I would take the Niners front seven any day over the Chiefs. That Chiefs pass rush has been slept on the entire season. I said that today I mean, in one of my chats. I said Chris Jones and Frank Clark, those two guys are lethal. I, I love them. Yeah, I'm still sleeping on them. <laughs> no, I, 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 think the, I think Chris Jones is arguably – like I think he is one of the most – Valuable and talented players defensively. The best the players in the league. Yeah. Without a doubt. Like, I, I think that guy is very special talent. He's a disruptor. Yeah. 100%. I think he's one of the best in the NFL defensively. You see what Nick Bosa, you see what Nick Bosa, I don't know. Yeah, I think Nick Bosa is worse than Chris Jones. I think Chris Jones is way better than Nick Bosa. I really do. Well, well I hope that's, that's, that's a hot take. I don't well, think it's a hot take at all. I think Chris Jones is, is definitely better than Nick Bosa. 100%. No, he's not, but they are different positions. I think he 100% is. Definitely. Nick Bosa. Thank you for your reasoning, man. Can we get a list of 50 players that he's better than? (laughs) Uh, That's Baylor and uh, Jackson. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Don't worry. I actually have that list. Wait, Uh, hold on. Save it. Save it. 
Save Let it. Brennan say his uh, Chiefs thing. I just want to say, like, I'm curious how these injuries are going to shake up. I know that I think McCole Hardman was just put on IR. I don't know how that works going into the Super Bowl, but yeah, he's, he's yeah not going to play. I know Juju's banged up. Uh, Kadarius Tony's also gimpy as always. Um, and then with the Eagles, you know, you have Lane Johnson who I you know, what do you do? He like tore his groin or whatever. Like that's crazy that he played with that. But obviously you have. Hurts his shoulders, supposedly still not at a hundred, and Mahomes' ankle is gimpy. So I'm I'm curious to see you know, how the extra week will uh, will shake out. Yeah, Mahomes' high ankle sprain just went to rest. I guess that's also something that really hasn't been spoken about. Um, everything you guys are saying, I agree with. It should be a good game, and that leads me into asking you guys, what's on our slates? You know, Chiefs and Eagles. Eagles are minus one and a half. The over-under is 50 and a half based off of the spreadsheet I'm looking at. So just say your pick and your over-under pick. I'll go first. I'll just all right, go yeah. ahead, Matt. Yeah, Z. I'm going KC and the over. Just short and sweet, and I'll tell you after, but let Bela go. No, no, you can say you went first. Tell us your no, no, I'm just saying my pick, and we'll go back just to the reason. Say your pick. We'll yeah, talk KC about it. and the over are, are mine. Um, I've been like pretty split on this, but the more, the more I think about this game, it's going to take a near perfect game for Patrick Mahomes to get the win. I mean, top to bottom, the Eagles just literally mimic any Super Bowl roster dream. Like they really are just lethal in every category of the field. I'm going to go the Eagles and I think they win probably by a touchdown or a field goal, like 10 points, probably like 31, 21. Freeman. I'm going to go with Baylor on this one. I think that the over is kind of something I'm more confident in. I think both teams will score. They'll get their touchdowns. But I do think that the Eagles defense are able to stop Mahomes just a couple more times than the Chiefs are going to be able to do. So with Baylor on this one, I'm taking the Eagles and the over. I'm going to take the Chiefs and the under. I think both teams struggle to score all game. I'm going to go with the plot twist. Really? I think everyone's expecting this to be a shootout. For some reason, I just think both these defenses are going to show up. This is the highest stage possible. Both these defenses have proven how good they've been. I mean, the Chiefs have been a little sus, but they're getting healthier. And I just think that the Eagles really – Jalen hasn't been here. I, a lot of it is screaming, in my opinion, that this could easily be not a high-scoring game. Um, what are you, what's your final score then? Uh, let's call it like 20 to 17. That's not like low scoring, but I guess not low scoring, but it's not 50 and a half. I'll tell you that. So yeah, I think it's going to be around there and I'm taking the chiefs. I could see that too. I could see these teams getting off to a slow start with all the young talent they have and the bright lights, maybe cause a few overthrows early by Jalen or, something like that. But I ultimately think once these offenses get in a groove, especially in the second half, it's going to be a lot of points being put up um, as long as the Chiefs can can get Mahomes some time. Um, but I think the over – I think the over will hit. I, my prediction is 34-20 Eagles. Nice. All right. Jalen ties Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowls in his second or third year. That's the storyline. You're not wrong. It's not an incorrect statement. No, he's better than Rogers. Yeah, he's better. 
<laughs> I don't think um, it's us and done. All right, so let's talk about the uh, QBs into next year. A little QB carousel. So a lot's happened. Tom Brady retired. There's a lot of rumors of Rodgers going to Vegas. Um, people are talking about Lamar and not getting his guaranteed yeah. money. Where do we think these guys? I'm going to go team by team. Let's go with let's go with the Raiders. Who do we think is going to be their quarterback? I, I if we're all going to say Rodgers, let's just say it now, so we just don't waste any time. I was saying Rodgers, you guys before the show about the you know the whole odd shifting. I think it's going to be Rodgers going there, Jets or sorry, the Raiders I, or the, the player. I'm talking about the Raiders. <laughs> Nobody oh, understands what we were talking about before we've started recording this. So you have to elaborate on what the odds. He wasn't. Were. He wasn't the trying to trick you. Rogers, the odds for Rodgers to go back to Green Bay were in obviously Green Bay's favor. Favor um, before it all started, and last night it switched um, heavily towards the Raver, to the Raiders' direction. Of I think it was minus four fifteen. I saw in one article, but then Ginger said it was minus three. Minus three ninety. No, let's just say let's just say the quarterback we think is going to go to the Raiders. So okay. Matt's I think Rogers. I think Rogers I think Rogers should definitely very well be a leader next year. I think so too. I don't think there's I actually don't think there's any chance Rogers goes to Oak to the Raiders, and here's why. Whatever team gets Rogers is going to have to trade for him, and they're going to have there's still going to be a high asking price for Aaron Rodgers. It's Aaron Rodgers, and if you put Rogers on the Raiders right now. I still don't think they win a Super Bowl, but then you talk about giving up the capital to get Rodgers, which will make them even worse, and you throw in the fact that they have the Chiefs and Chargers and the Broncos suck, but those two teams in your division, they're not winning the division and they're not going anywhere. I think Rodgers will know that. Him and Devontae separated for a reason. I would be shocked if he goes to the Raiders. Shocked. So you think he stays in Green Bay? I think if anything, he's going to go to the Jets because if you put Rod, the Jets would have the draft capital to give it up, and they've got enough guys on rookie salaries where they can make this work. And if you put Rodgers in the Jets right now, I would say they're the best team. You could say they're the best in the AFC. It's actually a little hard, but enough for you? they are easily Super Bowl contenders with Aaron Rodgers and. They're in a an easier division, so eh, actually, I was going to say you're talking about easy divisions. Like they the Jets, to play Dolphins. Those suck. Those fucking blow. Jets have a top five defense. The Raiders' defense couldn't stop most high school teams, and then the Jets' running game. They got young receivers. The Jets have everything Rodgers could need, even though he's had that time and time again and never won shit since 2012. But I think with him on the Jets. They could easily make a Super Bowl run. A much better chance there than Vegas. Well, you asked where we think. What what, what I think is a better fit is obviously the Jets, but I think that's where he's going to go is the Raiders. But you can go, say your point, Ginger. What I'm not think? asking better fit. I'm asking where we think he's going to be. Yeah, I said Raiders. Yeah, I'm saying I, Jets. Raiders, Jets, Freeman, what do we think? I said Raiders. I'm going to go Raiders as good as Jack's logic is. I still think the Raiders will find a way. Yeah, I mean, you always have to default to Vegas odds, and if they're putting a minus four hundred tag on on Rogers, like I'm gonna go with the Raiders. Nice. Okay. Um, kind of just switched the whole topic here. Um, all right. So where do we think? Um, 
Hmm. Where do we think Derek Carr will end up then? If Rodgers doesn't go to the Jets, he's going to go to the Jets, I think. I'm just doing it short and quick, sweet and quick because you said hurry it up. New Orleans. That's a tough one, honestly. I don't know where he goes. New Orleans not a bad call, honestly. That that that's that's pretty. That's honestly an interesting landing zone for him. Honestly, as crazy as it sounds, it won't shock me if the Commanders make a move for him, and I hope they don't. But it really won't surprise me. Yeah, Carr's got a huge salary hit. If the Colts don't trade up for a quarterback or draft a quarterback, which they probably will, I could see them snagging Carr, but. The, the Saints or the Bucks, I could see him going to also. It's just kind of who's willing to pay that big, big cap. I like what everybody's saying, but I don't know. I think Tampa Bay Bucks are going to trade for him. I think they're still in a win now, win now mode, win now roster. Um, the only quarterback in the roster is Kyle Trask, and I think they make the move. Man, I'm going to cut you off, Bailey. Or what you just said about Derek Carr with the Redskins, I think Derek Carr is great. I, I think he'd be a great fit for the Redskins. Why do you not like that uh, fit for the Redskins with Derek Carr? You guys are already paying Wentz all that money, and then Derek Carr we'll somehow get rid of Wentz. Or We're turning into the Colts. Somehow get rid of him. But I sign a very mediocre quarterback every offseason to the largest contract in history. I don't think Derek Carr is yeah, mediocre. Yeah, yeah, here, here's my here's my thing, and I think the Eagles are just a perfect example of this. The NFL has just proven that you got to win with quarterbacks on their rookie deal. And as soon as you pay a quarterback, you lose a lot of key valuable players. And as soon as the Eagles pay Jalen Hurts this offseason, yes, they're going to have to lose a lot of these guys. and They're just not going to be able to afford them. I'm sure they're still going to be a very good team, but you look at the quarterbacks that made it far this year, a lot of them were still paying on their rookie deals. You look at Joe Burrow. You look at all these guys. And the NFL has kind of just made it this way. So I actually don't mind if the commanders get yeah. Howell this year and see, look, can we go out and get a lot of talent for him the following year and actually make a push? So that's yeah, why I don't the, want Derek Carr. There's Man, no I, reason. I, I, Howell, I guess, would be, make sense. Also. They wouldn't even have the money to get Carr. And you signed, like Bale said, the only way it makes sense to sign a veteran quarterback like Carr is if you're a QB away. And the commanders are a lot more than a QB away unless – I mean, if you throw in Rodgers, they'd be pretty good, but I still don't think they win a Super Bowl. Derek Carr on the Commanders, I can promise you everyone will still be sleeping when they see them on their schedule. But I will throw in one thing. Jalen Hurts does have one more year on his rookie deal, but that's a different topic. They're going to extend them, though. Yeah, but that, that money will hit the year after. True, true. Okay. Last but not least, Jimmy G. I think he goes to the Jets. What do you guys think? I think Jimmy G will be the scraps of if the Jets can't land Rodgers, then they'll think about Jimmy G or Derek Carr. So I think Jimmy G's landing spot kind of depends on those guys. Um, And I don't know if we're talking about it, but I am 100% positive Lamar will stay in Baltimore. They've sold everything. They've done everything to build that offense around him. There's no way they can let him leave. They're going to pay him whatever amount it is. But Jimmy G on the Jets, too, I could see them being a serious contender with him. I was I just saw the Ravens and Lamar were like $100 million apart in guaranteed money. So that's a lot to overcome. I think I'm with you on that. I think they do get it done. But I wouldn't be surprised if 
he has to like hold out into training camp or preseason even. Yeah. Um, I also tend to agree with what you said about Jimmy G. I think he's just kind of, you know, the leftover scraps and whatever teams go after Carr and Rogers or whoever it may be and don't get him, then, you know, I think they'll still be pretty content with Jimmy G. Nice. All right, Baylor, now's your time to shine. I need the list. I need the list of fit, and we're. Can gonna we save you. this for next time? I'm eating dinner. I have to go get my journal. If you really want it, fuck that. I want to see it. I want to see the list. We're all here. Like, what do you mean? Let's fuck go. your no. dinner. Stop fucking yeah, chewing fuck and go dinner. get the list. Oh my god! All right, Ginger, why don't you, Ginger, why don't you recap the everybody what the list is all about? In case I forgot. Yeah. So we we got into a uh, heated debate about the Bills and their weapons and whatnot. And Balo, Ryan Balo, I kind of agree with him, I'm not going to lie, but he thinks Gabe Davis is not the wide receiver too, and he believes that there are 50 wide receivers in the NFL that are – I retracted it to 40. I think 50 – I think I think he's right in the 40 to 50 range. You heard the – All right, so should I, just, should I just start? List them off. All right. I'm just going top to bottom. It's not like best to worst. It's just like random. I kind of went team by team. All right. So Hollywood Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Drake London, Stefan Diggs, DJ Moore, Javar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, Amon Ross St. Brown, Brandon Cooks, Michael Pittman, Cooper Cup. Odell Beckham, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Calvin Ridley, Calvin uh, – sorry, Calvin Ridley, uh, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chris Olave, Mike Thomas, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Tariq Hill, Jalen Waddell, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Garrett Wilson, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and Terry McLaurin. And then I have a list of maybes. How many guys was that? Hey, hold up, hold up, real quick. Was that 40? That was 42. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Out of that whole list, when I was here, I'm writing in my notes down my notepad. There's only one guy I really could like say that's not true. I think it's Odell. But most of the guys, how the fuck yeah, I would say Odell. I would agree with like ninety. The only thing is like Michael Thomas is never playing. OBJ, we don't know his really status. It. But like I would agree with pretty much everyone except for I think Adam Thielen going forward. I think Thielen's gonna hang it up in the next year. I think he's got Thielen and Drake London will be better, but I don't know if you can say it yet because he's showed nothing. But mm-hmm. I would agree with ninety nine percent of those. So your Baylor's like on that. So edge I have a I have a list of guys knee. on the edge. So the knee. first guy is Jameson Williams. We haven't seen him a lot, but that's a that's a talent that I would. I would. Yeah, that's a I'm guy we can't. NFL GM. Yeah, we can't talk about it yet. But if I'm an NFL GM, I am much happier with Jameson Williams on my roster <laughs> than Gabe Davis. Yeah, but that's not the question. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's you not can't say an evaluation question. Right, hold on, hold on. Okay. Who's next? What? Next up is Jacoby Myers. Like swallowing his food while he's talking. It's just so funny. Okay, like who that. else? J- 
Jacoby Myers. Next up, we got Josh Doxson. I like that. Who else? Next up, we got Traylon Burks. All right, now we're getting a little carried that's, away. That's, that's a little bit deep. Keep going, keep going, keep going. You're dipping a little bit. Next up, you got Cortland Sutton. He's better. Next. Next up, we got Hunter Renfro. Nope. Not this year. Probably not. Because nope. he wasn't healthy. Probably not. I agree. When he was healthy. Nope. Next up, we got Donovan Peoples-Jones. No. Oh my goodness! No, no, <laughs> oh my really? That's on my list. Goodness. I'm running him down. So he's not. Go next. That's, that's, that's Jones. Go next. Next is, up is Jalen Rieger. Is Jalen Rieger next after Peoples Jones? My goodness! <laughs> you got who next, man? Julio Jones. No. Nope. Okay. No. I mean, <laughs> you're missing. The it. argument yeah. isn't senior night bingo night. I mean. Well, Jones, these, are, these are guys I, I love Julio, but come on. These are guys I left off the list. They were just questionable. I was up, up for debate. I think your Corlin Sutton one is the strongest one of the ones you said here for sure. You know, Next you have got all... Marcus Valdez Scantling. Oh my, I mean, goodness. he's well, also after the last game. I don't know. He's also only good. I mean, you guys, I want to hear Gabe the list. Davis is one game in his entire career. He's like, not that's, that's what we're basing Gabe Davis. Hold on, hold on. Go, Davis had nine yards. Hold on, I want to hear the whole list. Go after MVS. Next up, Alan Lazard. I think he. I think you could argue him, but also he God just makes him. But like, you could argue it. Jarvis Landry. I forgot he even played football anymore. I haven't. I don't even heard about him in a long time. I don't think. All right, what else do I got on here? Who are you gonna? I mean, if these are maybes, who would you say? Jarvis Landry. Who would you say? Definitively, the game is better than. (laughs) Definitively, I would say Hunter Renfro for sure. He's one of the best route runners. Last year, he was one of the best route runners in the entire league. You can say what you want. The Raiders were complete garbage last this year. year Devontae- last year? No, no, no. Not this past year. Before, year before. Okay. I was like, what the he fuck? Was Hunter Renfro, I would 100% take out of the slot any day over Gabe Davis. That's no question. We're different. Honestly, Cortland Sutton was one of the guys that I honestly would probably take Gabe Davis over. I'm not a I don't know why that's so crazy. I think Cortland Sutton's a beast. Well, no, my question was, if your maybes are Peoples Jones and Jarvis Landry and Julio, like who Jarvis is Gabe Josh, Davis? Who would you take Josh Doxson? Josh Doxson, Jameson Williams, Josh Doxson, or Jahan Jahan Doxson. I think I think Jahan Dotson and Corlin Sonny are your strongest cases, but I think Jarvis Julio and like the other one you said. Wait, did you hold on? Did you finish the maybes list? No. I keep going, keep going. Everyone keeps cutting them off. Chase Claypool. I mean, that's not no, keep going, keep going. Allen Robinson. Oh, goodness oh, gracious. Keep going. Just just list all of them. Darnell Mooney. Yeah, Mooney's good. Easily. Mooney's better. This one I still think Gabe Davis is better than, but Michael Gallup I think is up for debate. I love Gallup. He's better than Gallup. I agree. This is a sleeper one. I honestly like this guy a lot. I think he's just in a bad situation. Nico Collins. <laughs> I love when Balo says sleeper and it's, it's it makes me so happy hearing him say that word. <laughs> All right. Bottom line is I named 60 receivers that were, and I named 60 receivers, 20, 10 to 20 of them were up for debate for sure. I have one question. How, old is, is not good at football. how old is Gabe Davis? Anybody know how old he is? Young. He's like 24, I believe. Well, the he's argument 25. was, 
I was saying my argument was Gabe Davis is not like the you don't look at that roster like oh they've Gabe Davis a wide receiver too like what a shit show when you're paying Josh Allen that money you're not going to be able to put an arsenal of stars and Gabe Davis like I would actually agree with the Bill saying I'd say he's around the forty range there's a few guys like I would take him over Thielen I would still take him over London I would take him over pretty I'd say everyone on you the take him over Drake London. Yeah, at the moment, yes. I, London hasn't showed oh anything. God. I think I – He had Marcus had, Mariota throwing the football to him. What are we about talking 12, about right now? He could be better, Bill. I mean, he, he, I see he has London nothing to show for. night and day, but I, I don't okay. even know where we're going right now. All right, People's oh, Jones. No one had Drake London on the fantasy team, you heard? Dude, that is an unbelievable talent. I mean, Wait, let, let, Jack, let Jack finish. He I'm, he's, dude, I'm so, saying he could be better. I'm saying you can't say – he hasn't shown anything in the league. Yeah, no. he had a shitty quarterback. He is better. Okay. I, I shouldn't speak. I'll speak in sign language to the others. That is you the right You can just answer. go jerk off to Peoples-Jones. Wait, who else I'm did saying, you say, Jack? You said, there's, you said there's two and you kept going. I, I said Thielen and him. And then, I mean, Pickens is going to – yeah, Pickens probably yeah, better. I have a question for you. But I'm saying my argument was he's a fine wide receiver too, especially when your quarterback's making that – getting that kind of deal. Wide receiver two would mean – Wide receiver twos is the 33rd to the 64th ranked receivers, meaning that anywhere from 40 to 50 would be an average wide receiver two. And I'd say he's around 40 to 45 at worst. So that would qualify as a decent wide receiver two. So I agree with Bale's list, but I mean, that's that's basically what I was saying. Jack, I have one more for you. I'm sure you'll take it. But Gabe Davis or Quez Watkins? Gabe Davis, unless you're talking about a deep ball, Quez, but Quez is not doing anything other than a deep ball. Oh, I think Gabe Davis is a better deep ball, but we're not going to argue Gabe Davis versus Quez Watkins right now. Quez deep ball is um, um, All right. Well, yeah, oh, that was a great episode. We got a really great game coming up this weekend. We'll touch on it next week. Wait, wait. We didn't say Alex pick, did we? Oh, good call. Good call. It's oh, important. We didn't. Okay. Alec. He didn't say he's over under pick, but Alec is on the Eagles train, Jack. I will inform you. Alec is all on the birds. So we'll get his explanation soon and we'll all debate the game and talk about it next week. Appreciate you all for tuning in. Let's keep it popping and have a good one.